Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. Well, I want to welcome you to the final week of our series that we've been in called Lost in Transition. And I know many of you have been trekking along. If not, you can go online and follow up and see some of the earlier messages. I want to welcome those watching online or by video as well. Uh, we're going to catch some of you up because I'm going to give just a little bit of a snapshot of what we've been talking about out of the life of Abraham, uh, earlier called Abram. And so we've been looking at this biblical pattern and trying to pull some of this into our own lives and worlds and, and see what God has to say to us about change and transition. And uh, the fact is, what we've been learning in this series is that we put on a good exterior. We kind of fake it till we make it. Y'all know what I'm saying? We look like, hey, everything's okay, and we press through. But there's a lot going on inside there. There's, there's a lot of emotional things and spiritual things and concerns and questions when you hit a season of transition. And so we're going to look at today what we've all been waiting for, and that is how do we get to that arrival point, okay? Everybody's like, yeah, I want to get there. Can I get this transition over with, okay? But we're going to look at how you arrive. I'm going to ask if you have your Bibles. Turn to the New Testament. I know we've been talking about Abraham, but actually the Bible carries the story all the way into the New Testament. And I want to ask you to look at Romans chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 16 through 21. And again, I'm going to catch you up a little bit because Abraham's story is primarily in Genesis. And we'll try to piece those things together in just a second, all right? And so we're talking about lost in transition and how do we get to that arrival point uh, this week. I do want to encourage you. I feel so honored and privileged to get the, the opportunity to serve you as your pastor um, I love reinforcing the good things that I see you doing. I love celebrating the things that I think matter because that's what we, we continue to move toward, that which is celebrated and emphasized. And, uh, and so I, I just want to say one of the things that I love about you, it seems so simple, but it is very powerful and impactful. Uh, and that is the way you welcome people and the way you love people. And you, you, you're, just, you're just a warm, authentic uh, church. And that's very important um, as, as we're even learning in this transition series. A lot of people moving and we're in a transition as a church into this new building. And uh, God's doing a lot of different things in people's lives. And never underestimate how spiritual it is when you openly connect with someone where they are. Uh, the ladies did it on Tuesday night. Come on, ladies. How many of y'all were here for Summer Splash? Now, you're making me look like a liar, ladies. Because I've been using this thing about we're going to move to our new building, and we, we used to bus people, and we were in a grocery store behind Taco Casa, and we had no parking. And I've been saying, look, we're going to get to our new building, and look, we're going to have one parking spot and two just to look at. Come on. Well, you're turning me into a liar, okay, because you took them all up and we were bussing people, but okay, we'll just believe for the Lord to help us with all that. Uh, but anyway, you guys, first event, you know, packed it out, but more than just the crowd, uh, it's the life-giving atmosphere, and that's, that's so important uh, because people are going through things, people are struggling, people are nervous and insecure, and I just love how you, you make such a great atmosphere. There was dancing, actually, at the event, too. Um, 
And I was at the first dance on Baylor campus. You know, Baptist, we, we don't dance in public. You know, it could lead to premarital sex or something. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Um, and I was on the first, I was at the first dance and my first thought was, how do all these people know how, you know, I'm just saying y'all were doing some moves. Okay. I mean, you just, it's just, you didn't learn them in church, but anyway, it was, it was a fun night and we have, we have people taking steps. If you're new here, what we celebrate loving people where they're at, helping them to take steps. We have the largest 301 class right now in the history of the church. It's not just about the crowds of people, it's about helping people take steps. And so I'm thankful that you help people take steps and you keep taking steps along the way. So um, it's exciting what God's doing. Uh, this, this idea of transition, it's meeting us where we are because life brings change. It just does. I've met so many of you. You say, I've, I'm going through a, a transition in my home, my family. I've become an empty nester, or maybe I've moved into retirement, or maybe I've relocated cities, or some of it maybe you initiated, maybe some of it was unexpected. Maybe you initiated it, but then there was unexpected parts of it that you didn't expect. It happens that way, doesn't it? So we, we have all these changes. Maybe it's a health diagnosis. Maybe, maybe it's something negative that has come your way that you just didn't see coming out of, out of nowhere. And so life brings us change. Life brings us into transition. And uh, what I'm so thankful about is God understands us um, as a pastor, as a coach to people. Um, I love helping you. And I'm so grateful that we have the inspired by the Holy Spirit, thoughts of God when we're in those type of moments. So we can go to that place to see it. Each week, just to start us off, because you're in that, and you're like, okay, pastor, that's me. I'm there. I try before I give you any type of Bible story or any application, I like us just to set the stage with something we know to be true. The first week I told you out of Malachi, we, we worship a God who does not change. Last week, we learned that we serve Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I got another one for you this week as well. Numbers 23, 19. God is not human. Aren't you glad that he's not? He's not human that he should lie. He's not a human being that he should change his mind. You change your mind all the time. He doesn't change his mind. I text a friend of mine in a major job transition going through all the emotion of it and struggle this week, and I text him the passage of Scripture in the New Testament that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. The word repent means to turn, to change. God, what is that saying? What God's called you to do, he hasn't changed his mind about it. They're without repentance. He has not changed his mind. And then look at these, these questions that are basically reminding us of the character of God. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise, that's what we're looking at this week as we talk about arrival, does he promise and not fulfill? No, everything he promises, he always fulfills. Whatever he's spoken over your life, whatever he's called you to, no matter where you're at in the season, in age, in the journey, no matter what it looks like in the natural, we take confidence in the fact that we do not worship a human being who lies, who is somehow kind of like, well, I don't know. No, no, we serve a stable, consistent, faithful God who doesn't change his mind about us and will get us to the promise that he has for, for our lives. 
So let's just all take a deep breath, everybody. I don't know about you, but I feel better. I, I feel better. No matter what I'm going to face or whatever I am facing, those words give me a lot of confidence and they give me a lot of hope. What I've done is I have taken for you, I want to show you this process of transition. So just bear with me. I'm going to speak maybe to some of you. Some of you, this is not as much. Remember, I have a, an intercessory prayer mother and an engineering dad. So I have kind of this spontaneous spiritual side, but I have this linear side. So when I see a problem, I'm going to go to the Word and I'm looking for patterns. I'm looking for patterns. I'm looking for things I can grab a hold of. And transition so upsets our emotional apple cart. I want to give some of you a little bit of something to hold on to. And so I've, I've applied this from what I see as some biblical things, uh, but, but I didn't get it out of a book. I did think about it in relationship to in the 1960s, counselors were given some help by a lady who talked about the process of grief. You go through stages of grief. I've called this the process of transition, and we're going to look at it for just a minute, do a little review of, of, of Abraham's life. Um, I, I tell you, it's vacation season, though, and holistically what this graph communicates is something about our nature, okay? Um, it's vacation season. The best thing about vacation is when you, when you look at this this. this this idea for vacation, and now we have the internet and online so we can look at this great resort or this great place, and that's always real exciting, and, and it's always pretty exciting when you get there. Let me tell you the part of vacation that's not exciting, especially have little kids and lots of kids, and I got lots of kids, and it, it's, it's the process in between of getting there. Are y'all with me? A few years ago, we decided to do one of these, you know, Griswold family vacation, you know, like load up the cart. The devil lied to me and told me to drive to Florida with my rugrats. It seems so like a family good idea until it wasn't. And so we're behind. I'm on the timeline where, you know, we're trying to get all the luggage in there. Remember, I have three daughters, a lot of luggage. And man, we're a little late getting packed and we get on the road and we're driving, you know, and like we're already behind the timeline. So I'm thinking, come on, men, let's just stay on course. Let's get there as fast as possible and let's not stop for like a sit down lunch like all the girls in my car wanted. Let's go for what we have in modern day, which is maybe a design by God where my maximizer personality, we can get gas, we can get a bathroom break. And now there's like a sandwich place in the gas station. Can I have an amen? My wife, who is the most hyper non-germ person you've ever met, she's not into that. She's not into gas station bathrooms, and she's sure not into Subway sandwiches with little strings of lettuce where particles can get on the lettuce and germs you can unless you can just baptize the lettuce in antibacterial lotion or something she's just she's like no 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 we're not going in there okay so we have to go for the set down thing which gets us behind more and then I end up at the gas station filling up with gas I left my cell phone on top of the car and then pulled out when I finally figured out I didn't have my cell phone went back I'd run over my cell phone not not good. Maybe it was God's design so I wouldn't answer the phone on vacation, but I don't know. Lost the cell phone. Anyway, it was, it was just an event. Now, 
we're planning for a little family vacation and we're doing some things and seeing some friends. And, and, and I took years ago, I took my kids, uh, my older ones now, I took them to Disney World. And the youngest, the six-year-old, Lainey Kate, has ho- heard her teenage, her senior and junior brother and sister talk about Disney World, so she wants to go. So I've sat the family down in a family meeting and said, okay, we're going to go for a couple days because of Lainey Kate then we're never going again until I'm a grandparent. (laughs) Come on, I feel the pain in the room. Welcome home, nothing. Welcome to pull out your credit card. Y'all know what I'm saying. And so anyway, but the family's been looking at these couple of days, and man, there's a a thing we didn't know about years ago when my other kids were younger. We've learned about the fast pass. How many of y'all know about the fast pass? You go online, you can see there's only so many, and we're, we're a little troubled right now. Avatar, the new ride, everybody says it's awesome, and there's no fast passes. Maybe y'all could hook your pastor up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We could give you a discount on your tithe, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we, we can... Anybody got a fast pass to Avatar? I got some, I got some authority here, you know what I'm saying? I, got, I can pull some strings, Pastor JP, you know what I'm saying? But, but, but the fast pass, we didn't have that when we went to theme parks, right? It's like you just stood in line, there's the cliffhanger, you're scared to death, your friends are telling you stories of it running off the end, you know, there's gum trees, and you're just waiting in the sun for like hours. Now you got the fast pass. Here's here's the deal that I'm telling you. As you look at this, and it's the theme of today, notice the journey. It starts with an initiation. Sometimes in your life, one that you expected, sometimes you didn't know. We see it in the life of Abraham. Let me take you to the Bible for a second. Genesis 12 is where there's this covenant made with Abraham. He's called Abram at that time. God says, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. This is an important promise to him. He's going to have this son named Isaac. That's an important son because out of the lineage of that son would come Jesus Christ who makes it possible for us to have a relationship with God. He says to him, you're going to have to leave all this stuff that you've prepared, all of this this life you've built. You've got all of this, this, this wealth. You've got all of these servants. You have all these relatives. I want you to leave it all behind. And here's the real hard part of transition a lot of times. I'm not going to show you everything about it. I'm going to take you on the journey, and it's going to be a land that I will show you. Over and over, God keeps reminding him of this process. That's what happens with us. There's an initiation, and then we see Abraham's journey. He, he starts calibrating a little bit. Some of you are there. You've, you're, you're past the initial emotion of transition, and you're kind of settling into your new normal. Your new normal, but you're still a little apprehensive and going, okay, I don't want to make a bad decision, and you're, you're, you're sorting some things out with God. Then we come to that in-between place. We talked about that the second week where in Genesis 15, Abraham comes up with some solutions. Hey, my servant can be my son. And God comes back and reminds him, no, 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 you're going to have a son. And here's my promise for you. And, and he's faithful to keep reminding. And Genesis 16, he makes a mistake. His wife says, hey, you can, you can, you can do this. You can sleep with my maidservant. And so he makes that choice. And he has a, another son. And God takes care of that son. It just wasn't his plan. And we summed that up last week. And I've seen some of you responding to that. He had this son named Ishmael, and and here's what happens. A lot of life is lived in the in-between. 
A lot of life is lived in the in-between, and a lot of decisions are made. And we learned in that week in transition, if you're in the in-between, some of you may be, believe for your Isaac, don't have an Ishmael. Lest you actually work a plan that works, and it's not God's plan, and it's not even what you want. Make sure you say, okay, God, I want to cooperate with you in the in-between and make decisions in connection with what you've called me to. And now, this, this last week, we're going to see where there's some acceleration toward arrival, okay? And so we were in 16, and then in 17, uh, God comes back and reminds him again. It says this, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. So God comes back and says, now we're at the moment, now it's been a lot of years in between, this time next year, I don't know about you, but I think about Abraham going, man, gives him his new name, he reestablishes the covenant and says, one year. It's like, man, finally, we got a timeline here. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm excited. So he reaffirms it. Genesis 18, even something bizarre and supernatural happens, there's three men that come, Abraham's sitting outside the tent, three men come to him. And they reaffirm this. They say, look, in one year, God's going to bring this promise about. Some scholars believe it's a, it's a picture of, of, of the Trinity, of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit speaking to him. And that's where you see the famous passage where Sarah laughs at it. And the Lord reminds her, is there anything that I cannot do? Is there anything I cannot do? She's just kind of laughing at the possibility, and God is continuing to stay faithful to his nature and to his character. And finally, Genesis 21, verse 1 says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah. We're talking about a rival. As he had said, And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised, and Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. And this is what I love about God. At the very time God had promised him. Always in his timing, what I found in walking with God, usually not early, but always in God's perfect time. Now, let's filter it through the New Testament, these old stories. Let's filter it through the New Testament because this promised child would then produce Jesus and Jesus would die on the cross, raised from the dead, and give us a possibility now to have a relationship with God. And so now Paul the Apostle is writing to a church, these young believers. And he's saying to them this in verse 16, Romans 4, 16, therefore the promise comes by faith. The promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. So, so we now, not just the physical lineage, but now because of Jesus, we now can come in line with this father of faith. We can participate with God. And not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham in Abraham's God. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. So what we see in Abraham's story as we start moving towards this arrival point, there may be things in your story that do not make rational sense. It's like, Jeff, I'm kind of like out in this transition and I don't even see a way forward. I don't even understand why 
Well, here's good news. You worship a God who spoke the universe into existence out of nothing. He can speak into your situation and into your future. He can call that which is not even there into being in just a moment. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. These passages have been helpful to me over the years as you just tie in with Abraham's journey and the strength that are in these words. When you're walking towards something you can't see in the natural, because faith is the conviction of things you cannot see. But by the way, Paul here, he would have known Abraham's story i got to be honest, I get a little humored here for a second because he has a little bit, it is inspired by the Holy Spirit, but it's almost like, is there a little bit of rose-colored glasses here that Paul is using to encourage these believers? Look what he says. He really, he's just like looking back on Abraham's legacy, which I think there's a point in this, and he just builds the guy out to be a champion. Look what he says, so shall your offering be without weakening in his faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. I memorized it as a young kid. He wasn't contemplating his body. So I spent about an hour this week just thinking on that and reading it in the Greek and meditating on it. And there's all kinds of thoughts around it, and I don't have time to give it all to you. But the the genesis of these words here is that he was aware of his situation, but that was not what he was focused on. It's okay to be aware of your situation. Don't just, just, just be sure you don't give too much energy to your situation and not enough to the God who can speak that which is not there into existence. It's what you're contemplating. It's what you're focusing on. It's what you're meditating on. It's what you're giving your emotional energy to. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. And and this is where I think, "Eh," yet he did not waver. Well, he's kind of had an Ishmael, but... um, Uh, He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded. Why why is Paul looking at it? Look, we, we just see the faithfulness of God, and here's what gives us hope. Abraham was not perfect, but he kept moving toward God's plan. And the narrative here years later was that he was persuaded and he continued to walk by faith. Here's how we sum up scripturally what we see in Abraham's story and all the way through is these last few words that God had the power to do what he had promised God had the power to get and he does in your life get you to the promise okay he has the power to get us there so what is all of this as we're thinking about arrival how do we sum it up here's a slide that I have for you what does God want me to do in transition when I look holistically at Abraham's life Now look at the scriptural truths of Romans and Genesis. He's saying to us, embrace the process. Embrace the process wherever you're at in it. No fast passes. Engage and embrace the process. There's a story that we love to tell. By the way, we love to tell stories because you say, Pastor Jeff, why do we tell so many stories here if you're new to Milestone? Because the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. When you see people that have journeyed with God and seen God's faithfulness, it gives you hope in your present condition. I love David and Natalie Gregory. Um, I met with him uh, several months ago. He and I were in Tom Thumb and he was sharing with me the story of his daughter. 
And uh, I'm sure there were people walking by with grocery carts. We were in the little Starbucks there, and they were thinking, who are these grown men there crying? We were both just sitting there just crying. Um, I was so moved by so many aspects of his story. They had a child unexpected. It had some medical conditions. This daughter, she had some digestive things, but she had a rare genetic disorder that affected her breathing, like 1,200 people worldwide. And, um, and so uh, his, his wife here just so transparently says, I always thought I would get married to the right guy, buy a house, have two healthy kids, raise our family together. Turns out that my vision of a perfect family was just that, mine. It was not God's. And so she goes into, in this interview, several aspects of how God helping them through this process. I, I loved a couple of things. One, if you've ever had a sick child, a really sick child, or you've, you've been around sick children, or you know or had a friend, you, you learn how to get a little bit different perspective on life, about what's important. There's a difference. She talks about the first time she was able to take both daughters to the grocery store because of a medical device that gave the opportunity for the daughter to breathe in a different way. And she talked about how, again, how they were received and loved and rallied around and and, and, and so, so is everything perfect? No. Is God moving? Yes. Are there things to celebrate and be grateful about? Yes. But I know another thing I think about when you look at stories like this, again, it, it, it puts a gratefulness in your heart for so many of the good areas of following a God who loves us and knows where we are and sees us and the details of our life. But she shares in this the process. Maybe that's not your process, but you're in a process and you haven't even figured out how do I embrace the process? So I want to spend the last few moments, I always love to get real practical. It's like, yeah, that's Abraham and Father Abraham and all these different stories. I want to spend the last few moments, and I believe if you'll key in with me, if you're in transition, these things can help you. These things can help you. How do I? Because we'll say embrace the process. You're like, that's kind of spiritual, emotional, Pastor Jeff, but like, like, can you talk to me practically how to do that? Yes, very quickly. Number one, cooperate with God. That's really what faith is. Faith is cooperating with God. See, there's a lot about God that you don't understand. And guess what? We just learned you're not necessarily changing his mind. You're not changing him. There's a lot about your situation you don't understand, and there's a, most of it you can't control. But one thing you can do is steward your emotions, steward your perspective, steward your ideas about God, steward what he's put in front of you. And so there's a couple of areas I think we cooperate with him. Number one, the chief emotion in transition is fear. It's all the way through the Bible, and it's in your life and my life. Fear, fear of the unknown. Fear of what's going to happen. Fear of, I don't know what my new identity is because now I'm not this anymore. And so now, and here's a big one for our culture here, the fear of loss. I'm going to lose some things that are so valuable to me, and yet the Bible keeps reinforcing multiple, multiple, multiple times how God's faith, God's ability to speak into being can help us in our fear. I've had this verse all during the series. I've been thinking on this verse, and so I'll bring you into it. I've been saving it for this week, Deuteronomy 7.21. This is a different transition. I preached it out of Abraham's life, but this is God's people in a big transition with Moses. 
And he's setting them up for the transition and giving them a little coaching on there's going to be all these different nations and there's going to be enemies and there's going to be all this stuff at work. He says to them this, do not be terrified by them. Let's just deal with the fear thing. Let's deal with it. Do not be terrified for the Lord your God who is among you is a great and awesome God. The Bible keeps reminding us how great God is, how he's going to be with us and how we can trust him. He's a great and awesome God. And he will drive out those nations before you. Now here's the other big challenge with transition. Here it is. Delay. Where's the fast pass? Delay. And a lot of times you can, the enemy will use delay to get you in a position where you can't keep walking by faith because he will get you in an animosity toward God anger toward God, frustration toward God. Maybe some other services. Y'all are holy people, you know, but, but uh, you, 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 you get frustrated. Have you ever been frustrated with God? I have. Come on, God. What are you doing up there? Help a brother out. Why is it taking so long? Hello? You're frustrated. You're frustrated. This may help you. God's not delaying just to make you frustrated. He's not delaying. Look what it says in this verse. Little by little, he will drive it out. Why? You will not be allowed to eliminate them all at once or the wild animals will multiply around you. Was God delaying Abraham just so there would be a cool story or whatever? No. Abraham wasn't ready to actually be the one to give everything to Isaac that he needed to give. He wasn't ready. And so what do we see here? God's delaying many times because he's ahead of you. It's a pattern through scripture. When they came through the Red Sea, the whole way it worked out was that God wasn't just trying to get them on the other side. He was wanting to drown their enemies. He's saying, look, I got to bring them out little by little, lest we remove all of the things that could allow these wild animals to overtake you. Here's what you need to know. God's delay is for your benefit. It's for what he's preparing you for. Here's number two, though. Now let's move into the soul breakthrough, and that is you have to surrender it. You have to surrender it, okay? And this is a very, very important part. You're like, how do I really cooperate with the process? It looks like a whole lot of surrender, okay? If you can't surrender it, you probably won't be able to steward it. You have to let it go. You have to say, God, it's you. I'm surrendering. If you can't surrender it. See, actually, some of you know the full story of Abraham. He wasn't just having to walk through perpetual moments of surrender in the delay process. Even after the promise Isaac came, he would be asked by God to take the very thing he had waited many years and bring it up on a mountain and worship God with it and God would provide. A walk with God is to continually surrender it to him over and over. If you can't worship him without it, you may not worship him with it. See what delays and transitions and change and why does it all get messed up? Not that we're control freaks or anything. This is not on the schedule. You know what God's doing? Working on you. What are you really worshiping, me or what's on the schedule? Is it me or your plan? 
Is it me or the promise? Be careful. You can actually, if you're not careful, you can worship the promise more than the God of the promise. So he keeps calling you to surrender. You say, Pastor, have you lived this many, many times? Still living it today? I love to take people back to a moment of massive transition in my life. I tell my story in the book we use in the Grow Track. I love to go back to this, this one moment because this pattern's played out a lot. But for some of you that are new and have never heard it, I, uh, was, I preached at 16. I then went on to Baylor. And then right in my, before my senior year at Baylor, I was the youth pastor. I became a pastor of a local church. I was a senior pastor at 21 years old. Due to a lot of factors... Um, I made some immature decisions, the structure of the church, bottom line, the whole thing just got real messed up and, and, um, I, I resigned and I went from Baylor graduate and senior pastor to moving my wife in with my in-laws for a six month period. That'll do a lot for your self-esteem. We had all our belongings in one room. My wife substitute teached. Um, she cried every single day. I felt like a loser and I was in this transition. I've shared a lot about that part of my story. Let me share with you some other parts because we're talking about what do you do in that? Jeff, what did you actually do? Well, I worked as a hunting guide, which I thought about as a good career. My mom wasn't so much into it. But anyway, I, I still had to provide. But we were a part of a local church. And I want you to take you in, into this for just a second. I had been the pastor. Now, I was sitting in a local church as someone who used to lead those services, and I was just brought back to it, even in this transition series and thinking about you. I remember the emotion of that. I remember the tendency to think, man, I could do this, or I'd do that, or man, I missed that, or um, I, 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 I had all these different emotions about it. And I remember the, the moment before, I interviewed at several churches, I kind of look and God, where are you at? Nothing nothing was happening. And the moment of my breakthrough was on the day where I had a massive surrender with God. Massive surrender. I'm not trying to preach magic, okay? So don't think, oh, okay, now I know what lever to pull. But as I read the Bible and I work with people and in my own life, major moments of breakthrough and transition come on the backside of surrender. And that is, you know what, God? I remember the day where I said, God, if I'm never a pastor, I'm going to worship you. I actually had thoughts, maybe I should do something else. And you know what? I had to go through the mental walk with God and praying with God and going, what if? What, what if? I'm, you're still my God. I'm still going to worship you. You say, okay, there's that soul level. Brings me to my next point. This will help some of you. You say, Jeff, but what did you actually do? Number three, continue. Continue. I looked that up in the dictionary this week. Continue means to persist in an activity or process. In other words, stay with God in the process. When you're in transition, a lot of times, what do we do? We kind of get paralyzed and pull back and go, and you know what you call that sometimes is we're like pulled back from God going, I don't know the way forward and I don't have all this figured out. We can kind of pout with God. Man, I don't know. But you know what you need to do? Continue. Persist in an activity or a process. Persist in the process. God, I'm going to walk toward that which I do know. Ongoing, continuous, sustained, persistent, steady, relentless, unceasing. Just keep taking steps. You say, so, so, so what did you do, Jeff? What did you really do? Well, I said I was working as a hunting guide. I was enjoying that. And I was doing a lot of study and meditation with God. My Bible is marked up in that season, absolutely marked up from promises from God. 
spending time with God. The other thing was I was in this local church. And Pastor Derek Wilson, who's our McKinney campus pastor, was a youth ministry in the church. Brandy, he was a youth pastor and leading a youth ministry in the church Brandy grew up in, and we were in her hometown. And you know what I did? I jumped in with Derek. I said, Derek, what do y'all got going on? I'm here. I, I led Disciple Nows. I helped with the youth camp. I was, whatever, whatever I needed, whatever he had, I just jumped in. You know, I just started doing whatever was available. I, I, I was humorous. I thought about this. They had this big youth concert. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of teenagers here on, on Wednesday nights, and so we have volunteer people that help us keep the monkeys, you know, in control. Y'all know what I'm saying? Hey, don't do that. Quit hitting her. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we got them all over the place. I was one of those. It's like a church bouncer, you know what I'm saying? And, and <laughs> they had a big concert. I remember being at the front of the stage, and they were, oh, you know, I had hair back then, so I wasn't near as tough. I mean, if I was bald, you know, bald people just look like you don't want to mess with them, you know? But anyway, but, but I was working as a, as a like church volunteer. You're like, Pastor Jeff, you know, you're like this pastor. You pastor all these churches. There was a six-month period where I was the security guard, and I was working at Disciple Now, and this is what you need to know. Some of you can get so much encouragement Quit being paralyzed. Your position does not determine your calling. Your title does not determine. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. We are so title and position oriented in our culture. Look, you say, well, we're waiting to have a kid and God just... Look, having a kid doesn't stop you from being a mom and a dad. Brandy and I, before we, we were five years before we had kids and we were discipling people. Oh, my kids are out of the house. I really enjoyed parenting. Kids in the house do not stop you from being a mom and a dad. There's a fatherless generation that would love for you to take them in and mentor them and help them. Listen, at your work or the lack of job you have now, you go, Jeff, I don't have a job. Guess what? Do what you do. Do what you do, whether you get paid for it or not. The happiest people I've ever met on the planet are the people that do what God's called them to do, whether they get paid or not. Your position does not determine. So what? Continue. Do what you do. Do what God put in you. Continue, continue, continue. Okay? And so that process that God has us in, if we'll just step out into it, we'll see some major breakthrough in our life in the area of transition. I asked a couple to share their story with us, and so I want you to watch this with me. Interesting, their story and process of transition uh, actually involves having a child like we see in the story of Abraham, and so let's see what God did in them. Let's watch it together. In 2003, started coming to Milestone, I was 15 years old. Sam and I met at Elevate's first retreat. We're 16 years old, sophomores in high school, and both of us really grew up at Milestone. She was baptized at Milestone, and we've experienced just a lot of life seasons and transitions from dating to graduating high school, going off to college, getting married, buying our first home, you know, all of that while being planted in the house. After about two and a half years of being married, we were 
uh, we found out that we were pregnant. Um, so we were expecting a baby and seven and a half weeks we had a miscarriage uh, after that we were um, we kind of healed and we started trying to get pregnant and uh, we thought okay well we got pregnant on accident the first time so it was gonna be super quick each month would kind of come back and it'd be a negative pregnancy test and it'd be another month of you know the roller coaster of getting your hopes up and then you know thinking this is the month or it's gonna happen and we really were just kind of at the end of ourselves and we got pregnant um, which was just such a miracle at uh, seven and a half weeks we went in and uh, we were in the room and she said uh, there's no gestational sac, there's no heartbeat, there's no baby, like, you're miscarrying. So, 15 months and just waiting for that miracle, we needed a miracle for a miracle. It was a little unbelievable. I was, like, shocked. I was just scared, to be honest, you know? The first thing that went through my mind was, this is the reality, you're having a miscarriage, this is happening. You know, when you're in it, you just have, you have no visibility into what God kind of has later on. And so it's just like, yeah, it's really hard to process and understand why. And I need, I needed God to help me, you know, just, just trust him. I wasn't going to just settle, just, just accept bad news. You know, your circumstances say one thing, but God says something else, mm -hmm. you know? And I felt like he was just saying, just trust me, you know, just, just believe. And so they called us in on the following Tuesday and we went in, they had looked at it and said, we had a, the gestational sac was there, the heartbeat was there, the growth was good, and it was just kind of like one of those miraculous, like all of a sudden, you know, a baby appeared. So that was kind of, for us, the first huge faith step. Week 28 of pregnancy, we go into that appointment and she basically says, hey, uh, two hours from now, baby has to come out. There was something wrong. She was measuring in the third percentile of size. Yeah. So we had an emergency C-section, 10.30 at night, and uh, and she came out at one pound, 12 ounces. My wedding ring fit around her arm. It was crazy to look and just think that like, how did you make it? You know, mm -hmm. like this is a miracle. And she stayed in the NICU for 76 days. She came home and uh, other than being super small at five pounds when she came home, she is a healthy little girl. Looking back at it, we never would have said like, this is, we want to do this. We want to go through this, you know? But what God deposited in, in me and in us through that time was just, it's a supernatural just trust. I'm so thankful that like at the backside of that, I'm, I have something that I wouldn't have had before. Now when I face different circumstances, it's like, God, like, that's just who you are. You're just good. You're just faithful. When we sing songs about God being a good father, you know, and just doing miracles, it's like those aren't just words to me. Those are, those are things that's like God showed me that he, he is that. ask you to bow your heads with me and if you just sum up this this series of messages the story of Abraham we really could just put one word that God's trying to say to us and that's trust you can trust him 
You can trust him with your beginning. You can trust him in the middle. You can trust him even when he delivers on the promise. You can trust him. So just right where you are, just between you and him, maybe the first time you've ever said it, just say, God, I, I trust you. I trust you. Maybe you've never put your trust personally in Jesus Christ. And you've been hearing me talk about that and you're seeing this God who loves you and he's made available to you through the person Jesus. You can simply say to him, Jesus, I want to trust you with my life. I want to ask you to forgive me where I've sinned. I want to have a relationship with you. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead. Become my Jesus. Become my Lord, my Savior. Come into my life. If you prayed that prayer, then I want you to come forward at the end or let us know or email us. Let us know if you've, you've come into a decision to follow Jesus or recommitted to that so we can help you in your journey with him and help you take some steps. But second of all, I pray for those of us in transition, Lord, let, let this be the breakthrough moment that we just move forward, that we would continue. We would not let fear hold us back. There's someone listening to me right now. It's like, this, this God, I pray you'd help them. Just move forward. Move forward with you. Continue in what you've called them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 